I belong Vancouver Pretty mama Take me home Boundary Road Boundary Road We're, we're going to start this with John Denver Yeah, yeah. John Denver That, that works, the Southsiders John Denver Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Intergalactic Interviews I am of course your host MD And of course I'm sitting here with uh, One of uh, my best friends For the better part of a decade This guy is, uh, is, is leading a pretty crazy life I, I love uh, checking in with him Every now and again Just to hear the new adventures he's on He's a former music manager in the industry And he's also currently A social media engineer uh, He's also spearheading uh, Part of the uh, What do you call? What would you say that is called uh, The acrylic slash Glass, basically, this guy's—he's handling weed smoking devices and paraphernalia. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Michael Saavedra. Hello, sir. Hey. Hey. Hello. Hello. That's ah, good to it's good to finally be here. You know, after 18 episodes, I figured <laughs> could uh, grace you guys with my presence. It's a it's a pleasure. <laughs> Mike is like one of the funniest dudes I've ever had the pleasure of knowing. He's a he's a great guy. Uh, he's also one of my best friends and. Uh, yeah, oh, man. Thank you. Thank Dude, you very much. You, you, have a, you have a nice diverse background. And uh, on, is honestly, that, is that a Hispanic joke? That's a complete, you know, you know uh, you're from Cuba or something. You yep. know? <laughs> yeah. Eating uh, burritos and my Mexican food all yeah, the time. Yeah. Is that what they do in Arabia, Thorny? Yep. I think it is. <laughs> this uh, Saavedra, uh, or as I occasionally call him, Michael Sevadera, um, which is totally wrong. He. And I share uh, a passion and affinity, if you will, for uh, professional wrestling. And uh, a couple of days ago, we went to a sold-out show at the Commodore for an independent wrestling show. Outrageous. Outrageous. <laughs> it was insane. It was so crazy. Uh, we ended up having uh, a lot of drinks. And, uh, you know, well, 10,000 drinks. And uh, it was just psycho. Like, first of all, the, the show featured uh, multiple triple tag team matches so there's like two or three teams of guys and at an independent level at a sold out show it's it's really it's 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 always for the fans but like really at a show like i don't know what was your experience how did you explain well i mean uh now we have to also mention that this was eccw uh oh, EC, Van- vancouver's yeah. local promotion elite canadian um, championship wrestling yes that ECC is that is dub. correct uh they've been running for years and years and this is the first time they've been allowed to go into the allowed. commodore ballroom was it like licensing or was it just demand uh i think it was a little bit of both and yeah. the regulations of having just a professional wrestling event <laughs> in a place that is primarily a music hall it was packed in there packed. like U2s played there, Radiohead's played there, like, so so many crazy bands. The who's who of rock and roll yeah. has played at the Commodore, and, and pop uh, music, and hip-hop, like, yeah, it was a anyway, madhouse. It's, it's, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Commodore in Vancouver, it's probably the greatest, it might be one of the best venues on the western seaboard, for sure. It's, and it's, in Canada, one of the most famous just for... Just sheer, it's crazy. Historical Yeah, you sake. have to, you have to <laughs> see a show there if you haven't been there, but... That night was not about the music, however. It was about turning that ballroom into a brawl, and uh, it was absolutely psycho. And in fact, one of the craziest things that happened that night happened literally a foot from us. So we were standing on the outskirts of the sh- of the uh, the show where it's happening. So it's like a, a, a squared ring, like it's a wrestling ring, like you would imagine in your mind. But um, there's like aisles that go 
kind of intersecting in between these four points, right? So we were in one of the aisles standing uh, ourselves and Wolf from Van City Direwolves, and then we were hanging out, having a thousand drinks, and just enjoying ourselves, and uh, suddenly the whole action of the match for the first time the whole card happened. Uh, all of a sudden, five to six wrestlers just spill out out of the ring and start fighting think, beside think should, us. I think you should mention that it, it was a falls count anywhere anything goes yeah, match no between DQ. scotty mack and jamie diaz and it all of a sudden the security guard taps me and uh jamie here on the shoulder and uh <laughs> hey you guys should probably get the fuck out of the way yeah and, oh okay all oh. right and then all of a sudden two guys come splashing through a table and four more men come and enter the uh yeah the brawl and it, it was, was just crazy. mental absolutely yeah. mental so they're fighting right and then uh what happens is uh one or one or two guys make their way to the top of the the of the uh the, it's like a balcony they're like in the commodore there's like two layers of of seating there's like there's like the top balcony seating and then there's the ground seating it's about what 12 14 feet above Maybe. What do you think? Estimate yeah, it's, it's a it's an easy like thirteen, fourteen feet above the. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like you wouldn't just casually jump off there, and not uh, a chance. Not a chance. And and so like what happens is this uh, in wrestling they call them spots. Like uh, in comedy, it's a bit like it's a routine. Yeah. But uh, in, a high spot of the match, which is the the point you wrestle around the match and you try to build up to this one big epic moment and this was the moment for these two wrestlers and honestly luckily our friend wolf was able to get some video footage of this and uh i hope you guys can hear this because we're going to talk you through a play-by-play of this but basically just imagine okay a thousand people sold out everyone there's is there to watch the show it's my first independent wrestling show ever (laughs) and and uh uh, Mike as well. I'm. A, yeah, was that your first show too? No, I've been to a, f- a few ECCW oh, okay. shows in the past. But Wolf wasn't even supposed to be there. He, t- <laughs> he, 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 you know, like so. Okay, here's him filming this. Here we go. Listen to this. Okay, this is us. What? Okay, pans down. You see a bunch of wrestlers. Oh, what's happening? This guy's gonna jump off the balcony. Oh. It was huge. Just an absolute crossbody splash from the top of the Commodore to the ground floor. The Scotty Mac um, landed directly on our feet. Like, it, I have sweat, I think, still on my Listen legs. chance. <laughs> the obligatory holy shit chant yeah. at a wrestling event. That basically says it all, ladies and gentlemen. It was badass. I was at a thousand drinks. We were like one or two, what was this? I'm going to turn this off right now. We were like one or two matches in, and we both like turned to each other, and we said, I am blown away by how much my face hurts, because we were just smiling laughing. All just night smiling long. smiling the whole too, time. Too much smiling. There's like this social stigma surrounding pro wrestling, and uh, um, I was wondering maybe we could discuss a little bit of that today, because I, I think I think you're a good resource for this, this well, kind of stuff. It, it's, it's funny, because I always have to dance around the fact of... My my love for pro wrestling. I I've been watching wrestling si- since I was in diapers. My my family used to take me to old Calgary Stampede Wrestling in Edmonton. Mm. I used to go and watch the WWE and Maple Leaf Gardens. Wow. I've been to WrestleMania six, WrestleMania seventeen. My whole life, I've always had this. What I I used to think was a 
dirty little secret that I I am in love with this uh, male theater. I guess yeah. would be the uh, male theater. <laughs> male yeah. theater. Yeah. Uh, that that's not even that's not even good to say because. Uh, the, Predominantly, there were a lot of women at this. Uh, there was a lot like, at this ECW was, show. There was a lot, yeah, a considerable amount more than you see at a WWE event here in the city. I don't know if it's just the fact that it it feels like a music event. I equated yeah. with the the same. Like it's just people like a independent form of everything. Yeah, and wrestling is really no different. Uh, I agree with you about about how it's it's kind of like a dirty little secret. Like it's it's really odd how um, certain forms of entertainment on this planet are like viewed as oh that's that's good or or this is not as good. Like it's it's interesting because it's been around for centuries. In some cases, more uh, it's been around more than than other current popular <laughs> uh, sports and and whatnot. And and it's actually like revered. At higher levels, uh, for the level of athleticism you have to do, you know, like Brock Lesnar, uh, former uh, WWE and UFC champion, uh, has recently gone back to the WWE, um, but only on a, a occasional basis. And he's recently said uh, he told Ariel Hawani that uh, working WWE is ten times harder than working in the UFC for for an MMA match. And um, I, you know, obviously there might be some politics behind that. Why he's trying to, you know, downplay the MMA a bit, but like, you have to give credulence to, to like, where's the credit that that uh, the wrestlers uh, are seem to be getting pushed away from them? Like they they have um, so much athleticism to do what they do, and then just the constant social stigma that we're talking about. So even us uh, attending the show, that shouldn't be a weird thing. Why is that a weird thing? Why is it? I. I wish I could explain like why why I feel weird even just like going to the event like it it's hard for me even just um, I felt that too when you were like do you want to go and I was like yeah I'm gonna be drinking anyway so yeah like <laughs> uh, it's 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 hard to put into words like what you think when you're going to a professional wrestling event a lot of it has to do I will say with the people that attend said event like it. I know it's not the most high-end crowd. <laughs> Everyone is definitely not like us, where they go to wrestling to to have a good time, to yell at somebody, to be, throw him in an abdominal stretch. I yeah. want to see a Boston crowd. I want to see an armbar. Yeah, yeah. like a, they're, they're not having the, the same kind of fun that I am. But there are a lot of people like me and like us that go to these events all the time just because we all grew up watching Hulk Hogan body slam Andre the Giant. Yeah, and it was we grew up thing. watching Ricky the Dragon Steamboat wrestle the Macho Man Randy Savage. Savage like yeah. that kind of thing is it sticks in your head. And if you can appreciate the art form that these people are performing in front of the thousands and thousands of people going to an independent wrestling event and just watching guys that also did the exact same thing. Most of these people are my age or younger stepping into that ring and doing what I used to watch and still dream of doing someday. Yeah. And it's, I don't, I don't think that it should have that stigma of being, Oh, this is, this is severely lowbrow. It is lowbrow. Get over it. We're, we're not here buying John Cena t-shirts. <laughs> like uh, we're just we're here to watch like a really quality wrestling match. And if you watch a real quality wrestling match, you you will have that like yeah. same experience. You just have to watch for the quality. And what yeah. most people 
don't go there for the quality. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it seems like a lot of the clientele that that would be like a lot of the patrons that would be uh, going to the show are, are like uh, reprobates for the you know. Uh, also, they think that it's still real. Yeah, a lot of them like don't like, have the like the, the man that was beside us at the Commodore there from. Uh, what happened? Wait, uh, the, what happened? The suburbs there of Vancouver. I'm not going to say. Yeah, come on. You know, oh, like everyone du- knows yeah. that it's in Surrey. This dude was in Surrey. Yeah, okay, the Surrey <laughs> dude. Okay, what did he? Yeah, what happened? Wait, wait. Well, he was the one who was telling us that the um, the face of the match there, the face being the good guy yeah. of oh, the yeah. match. So, in in uh, general dynamics of a match, guys, uh, ladies and gentlemen out there, it's uh, a heel is usually a villain. And then a, a, a face is usually a, a, a hero, is, is like how to say it. Like, so when you watch a guy, you're like, oh, one guy's getting booed, one guy's getting cheered. That's the dynamic of the match. It's it's how you leverage the crowd, essentially. Yes. So what did he say? Okay, he said the face. Well, it was because I was yelling for the heel as I most. Yeah, me too. I, 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 I normally do. I, I only cheer for the heels. I'm like, Cheer oh, for the bad guy. Yeah. It's more fun that way. <laughs> if you go to a wrestling event, you'll. You'll want to gravitate towards them anyway. Yeah, it's you will. It's, he was very adamant that I was wrong and that he <laughs> was right. And oh, you don't want to like this guy because he he doesn't do he he says bad things about Vancouver. Yeah, I was like, oh. I want to hear him say bad things about Vancouver. That's this the guy, funniest part of the whole night. <laughs> was he standing to the left of us? Was that that guy? Yeah. Okay, I remember this guy. And he was he was like, what are you doing cheering for him? He needs to, first, you don't even know what he says about the about Vancouver. And it's like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> even, even if he was saying the worst things, I'm like, I'm just being entertained by him. Like, that's the thing. Like, uh, people don't understand the, the, there's like a, when the curtain's up, so to speak, and you're out there wrestling against a guy, okay, two popular wrestlers that probably everyone here can recognize would be like Shawn Michaels and Hart, uh, fucking Bret Hart. Bret Hart. What am I saying? Yeah. Okay. Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah. and The Rock for right. those that were a few years later. Right, right, right. So people, they look at that and they go, okay, well, here, here are rivalries on the show that take place, but something like The Rock and Stone Cold, they, they were never like, good friends but at the same time you see someone so often in a professional setting you you clearly have respect for them and and uh it just becomes weird it's I'm, i've been trying to figure out how to best explain this dynamic but um when it comes to like brett hart and, and Shawn michaels uh these two guys the hitman and the heartbreak kid they they really didn't like each other uh and they, they've had this thing that, that has just recently been resolved. So over like 15, almost 20 years, they've had this thing going on. And uh, it's really it's really hard to explain this to you guys. But like if you guys were at home thinking about this, like like uh, if, if you go to work and your job is to perform, but your job while you're performing is to make the other guy look bad, but then after you get to the back, it's supposed to be all good, but you really don't like that guy? When you get out there and it's live TV and they say, okay, go out there and trash him, you can really speak your heart about this guy. And then there are still lines in the sand that, that you know, will always be respected, which is like, okay, I, I can't kill you, but I, I can, like, I can hit you harder than usual. It's called working stiff. That's what they call it, right? Is that what they call it? That is, yeah. Yeah. Working stiff, yeah. So imagine taking a lot of liberty with the fact that you're allowed to beat somebody up and, like... Uh, you don't like him. So, like, your job, you're like, ah, oh, okay, my job is to beat you up and you can beat me up. Uh, but the boss says tonight, I get to beat you up for eight minutes and you only get to beat me up for two minutes. Then 
you just have to eat it. You have to eat it and like be like, all right, well, I guess I guess that's my job. And you go out there, and eventually shit just builds up and up and up and up until finally you're like, oh no, yeah. Not to mention that there's an ego, <laughs> like two huge egos Very involved. Big. Very big. It's just it's crazy, and that's what fascinates me about the professional wrestling business is that there's like these lines in the sand that that people respect, but but they won't break. Um, it's all in the name of entertaining the fans. Well, and, that's what it's all it. about, right? Like, yeah. the, you need to respect the fans as well as your opponent. And I think that's always been always. something that draws me in is the respect level that those people have literally taking their lives in each other's hands. Right. Every and being single dropped time. on their heads or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, bro, let me drop you on your head several times. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to. F- flip off of this thing four or five times and then land on you with my full weight, but it'll only hurt a little bit. What's the craziest story you've ever heard outside of the ring about a wrestler? There's like a lot of famous rumors and and like random stories people have heard, but what's the most crazy one you can think of? Do you Uh, have one? uh, See, that's such a weird question because I I have... I have lots of hilarious stories, but I don't necessarily know that they're real, and yeah. I wouldn't want. Okay, to. well, let's just say allegedly in front of them. Okay, so allegedly you heard what? Allegedly, the the best story ever was that Sid Vicious, uh, old wrestler, oh, Psycho see, Sid, Psycho Sid, yeah. Sid Justice, uh, various, uh, attacked Arn Anderson, who, if you were a watcher of Tosh.0 or a show like that, you know that Daniel Tosh always makes mention of Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson, he's the enforcer. Always, for always the wants to fight horsemen. him. Yeah. Apparently one night in a hotel room, Sid Vicious came out with a pair of scissors, regular kitchen scissors, and tried to stab Arn Anderson at a Jesus. hotel. <laughs> One of the funniest things ever, and uh, people still to this day Photoshop Sid with scissors in his hand because he is the guy that tried to stab the other guy with scissors. There must have been 15 to 20 years of age difference there too, right? Absolute nonsense, yes. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Actually, no, that's that's probably not true. Sid Sid and him are around the same age. Really? Yeah. Wow, I would think Sid would be much younger. No. Sid's also famous, everyone, if you don't know, for breaking his leg tremendously in the ring. Terrific. Uh, uh, it was horrifically. <laughs> it was horrific, not terrific. <laughs> this guy, he seriously jumps from the top rope and tries to do, what was he doing? Like a, 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 like Who the a fuck leg? knows what he was trying to do? It was stupid. Because uh, the guy was laying <laughs> on the ground, but he still landed right on his leg and broke his leg. And uh, the, like I still, shattered. I still to this day don't. Was he going to give him a leg drop? Sid's like five, like four hundred pounds. Like he's huge. He's a huge man. He's a big to, guy. To say that he was going to give him the guy laying on, like I still don't know what he was trying to do. Yeah, I still even that, to this day don't know what he was trying to even do. Even that when they're setting up that spot for him to say, "Oh yeah," and then I'm going to give you a leg drop for the other guy to be like, "All right, that seems like a plausible idea." Like yeah, like for sure, you a big man, like six eight, uh, four hundred pounds, or whatever. You should definitely <laughs> leg drop me, like. You know, we were like, yeah, but it's fake. No, you don't understand. It is fake. Yes, it's predetermined, but all that shit still hurts. Do you ever know how to, you know how to fake a chair shot? I don't yeah. know if you had a, it's like, that hurts. My favorite, my absolute favorite. Uh, okay, you know, if wrestling's that fake, yeah. I'll, I'll give you a body slam right on this ground right now. You show me that, it, you know, it's it's no big deal to get slammed on the concrete yeah, show here. Me. 
if it's if it's so fake, you know, it doesn't hurt anyone. Well, I'm sure that part actually kind of hurts. Well, then everything hurts. Yeah. It, it is going to have a marginal, like marginal pain level there yeah. for anyone getting into that thing. It, just just take it. And you throw in, and you know, you throw in the road life, and you throw in like drugs and alcohol, and just like. The, the amount of side. the the pain medication that you need just to maintain that lifestyle. That's what Brock Lesnar was talking about, I think. He was like, hey, you know how much pain medication you need to be able to take just to be able to regulate your pain threshold mm-hmm. so you can go out there and take the same bump every night? Oh, yeah, bump, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, like a, a something bad that happens to you out there. Yeah. <laughs> if, so, you, if you dig in your body slams or your suplexes, those are bumps that you are yeah. feeling Mike Mike suplexes me, MD goes down, MD took the bump. (laughs) Boom. That's how it goes. Perfect. Yeah. So, like, in terms of wrestling, though, do you have a favorite wrestler on a major level, like active right now? Who's your favorite wrestler? Uh, You probably have to go with either, if you're you're talking purely about uh, the world wrestling entertainment. Oh, WWE. (laughs) Oh, yes. Uh, I guess you'd have to go with. CM Punk or Daniel Bryan? Daniel Bryan, hey, is he the guy? Uh, he's the Bryan guy Danielson. <laughs> Bryan Danielson, is that his name? Yes. This is his real name? Real name. His real name is Bryan his Danielson, but actual he, wrestling name is Daniel Bryan. He was trained by Shawn Michaels. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he's, they, they're two little people, and it, if you've ever seen wrestling, everybody always equates big monstrous men with being world champions or title holders in the company. Big guys, But uh, these two are smaller, far more entertaining, and acrobatic. They put on a very entertaining show when you get to watch them. I think CM Punk is one of the best microphone guys I've ever heard. He's like super sick. He had that pipe bomb, real famous viral video. I'm sure... Probably the last time mainstream people really watched wrestling was when that happened because it, it was like he was the wrestler who came out and, and said all this stuff about Vince McMahon. Uh, they, they call it a shoot interview, which is where you. Uh, yes, I still I'm still not sure if that was you know if that was like uh, worked. Oh yeah, worked. You, was business. it fabricated? I think it could have been. Yeah, I think he, they had already had the contract deal in place for all of that kind of really? thing. Really? Well. And they just let him do that because they knew it would be good for business. And that seems to be the big motto in the WWE in, right now. Is across the board. It's been good for business. It's been good for business. Do, oh, I have one Especially side. in a time where business is not as good as it used to be. <laughs> I Okay, everyone knows the uh, tragic passing of Owen Hart, who was Bret Hart's brother. Right? He fell from the rafters and stuff. I'm taking a lot of liberties, folks, with your your knowledge of wrestling right now. I'm hoping that you know what I'm talking about. But Zoom, one of the one of our favorite, <laughs> whoosh, uh, one of our favorite uh, things that Mike and I joke about whenever we do talk about wrestling is uh, funny signs to bring to to pro, pro wrestling events. And uh, uh, Mike always tells me, "Oh, I'm gonna bring a." a uh, a bring bring Owen back sign, which is like a play on uh, it's like an anti-establishment sign because usually what they'll do is the promoter will cut a wrestler sometimes at their height because they want the most money and blah blah blah. So you don't get to see your favorite wrestler because it's some business bullshit. So oftentimes they'll be like bring back Stone Cold or bring back whatever <laughs> all these signs are there. So Mike was like, oh, I'll bring back Owen. <laughs> Have a bring back Owen sign. And he's dead, right? So it's in bad taste. Ha ha. So anyway, makes uh, me laugh. I take a washroom break <laughs> at the show the other night, and uh, I, I go back, 
and uh, uh, I, you wait, what, you had to take a piss? Yeah, real bad. Let me tell the story that you take a piss. Okay, wait. So, I got, this is so funny that <laughs> I have to tell you this as I'm talking about a washroom break. Okay, so I go to take a washroom break, and uh, as I walk to the, uh, there's like a, it's a weird reverse gender situation, because like, usually it's like the girls' washroom has a thousand people lined up, and the guys' washroom is just- Classic yeah, wrestling. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole wrestling show. It's like a huge lineup for the guys, no lineup for the girls. I was like, oh, God. So I'm standing in line. And it's just a bunch of guys pissing. It's not like a trough or anything like one of these old arenas. I wish it would have been a trough because then I would have got to piss just, a lot just quicker all night long. Just men fucking just <laughs> rah. Anyway, so I'm standing in line and it's just dead quiet in this bathroom. And so I was like, man, some security guy there just took away my bring back Owen sign. And like instantly this guy turns around and just like, what the like just he freaked out so bad he was so funny he's like what the fuck he's so like the shock of it like uh and then the one goes like really i was like no no god are you <laughs> why kidding would me? i bring that yeah here? Are you seriously why? like what the fuck <laughs> unbelievable the, the, why would you even think that i would yeah so and funny. i got my eddie just, guerrero sign yeah, what the fuck <laughs> i'm like jesus no that's no, not good okay yo you go take a washing break i'm gonna rant for a little bit here okay ladies and gentlemen i haven't had a fucking solo moment with you guys in a while Mike's going to go take a piss. We're here at Amp Records, uh, and it's a beautiful location. Um, oh, yeah, I feel like that moment in Wayne's World right now where uh, Garth is staring at the camera, and he's like, everything is fine. Everything's okay. Don't freak out, Garth. <laughs> Party on. Anyway, um, I've had a great time uh, uh, hanging out recently, but... Uh, it's a it's a real beautiful thing to uh, to see that um, the show is coming together so well. This is like week eighteen. Um, well, it's not week eighteen, but it's episode eighteen. And uh, uh, I've had some really cool guests. We have some really cool guests coming up here uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, uh, I'm gonna try and have uh, this punk band uh, Ellesmere. Uh, they just signed to Dying Scene Records, and uh, they just opened up for a Shockload. Uh, at their album release show in December, and they are fucking badass. And I've been listening to their EP nonstop. It's called Bale City, and uh, so we're hoping to get them on the show. And uh, uh, I uh, met this uh, female wrestler at the show too. Her name's uh, Nicole Matthews, and uh, hopefully we're going to get her on the show in a couple weeks and have her perspective on things. Uh, it'd be really interesting to uh, have her her views on an industry that's so male dominated. And speaking of male dominated, ladies and gentlemen. If you would, please rise from your seats and welcome back Mr. Michael uh, K. Saavedra. Is your middle name K? No. <laughs> what is it then? A. A. What is Good it, Lord. Is it, is it Alejandro? <laughs> it's not, not Alejandro. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when you give me the blank stare look as, as you're so prone to do. We need a third man in here to, to laugh in the medium because everyone just thinks it's dead air. Like I was, just... I was really hoping for a lot of physical humor today. Yeah, hey, yeah, some slapstick. No, nobody was, nobody was up for that. Uh, I have. Uh... I just slipped and fell when I came into the door. If you did, you it's too bad. You slipped. Yep, totally S- smart. Just bailed. Why? Because you're drinking liter beers. Liter beers. Give me a liter cola. What the fuck's a liter cola there, Farva? It's a liter of beer. Okay, there, bud. <laughs> I have. Uh, uh, one question actually from a, uh, a listener sent in a question. I told him I was going to be doing a wrestling podcast. I was just having a casual conversation with him, and he told me I was. He's like, "Well, hey, can you ask? Can you ask your guest this." So I have a question for you. Mm. Uh, the, the question is, uh, when you learn about the personal life of a wrestler you admire, does that 
uh, ruin it for you or not. And then he goes on to say, I personally just saw a a Shawn Michaels heartbreak kid post about him hunting on the weekend and it broke my heart to know that he's like a real person. So (laughs) because he... I guess the question he's asking is because he hunts. Yeah, I was like, well, I guess he's trying to say like, does does see like if you saw him in the grocery store, like, oh, this milk looks pretty good, dude. Do you think that would like ruin it for you? Like, no, no, it hasn't. No, no, not a, not even kinda. Really? Yeah. I kind of see what he's saying. I can't. I, th- I think I might have like medium issue with it. Like, if, if anything, it probably makes me like them a little bit more just to know that they are just regular people. I th- I think that's what I like so much about a local wrestling promotion here in the city is that you do get to see you just see them around doing regular things and it was awesome to just meet them afterwards and you're like oh, it's it's just a dude like it's a just a dude who learned how to take bumps and now he wrestles in front of a crowd yeah. like it they're just people they're just people the same way big sports stars they may they might not buy their own ground beef at the supermarket, but <laughs> independent wrestlers do, and I'm sure a lot of pro wrestlers on the on the big stage also do the exact same thing. Speaking of big stage, uh, you've uh, you've been involved in uh, managing some artists before. Like you used to manage uh, my production. Um, yes, I did. You uh, you worked directly with uh, the Valuables. Yes, um, which is a local ska band. But, not ska. Uh, fucking what what it's your experience been like <laughs> uh, for the record they are a soul band and uh f- they heard me say that they were a ska band uh oh not, really not did so I just, good i just put them out there that ska- <laughs> well they, i don't know it might as a pure fan can't i just designate them what i think they sound like yeah but they don't sound like that you, you've only seen them the one time no i've seen them at least two three times at now. least two three times <laughs> i have yeah yeah there's that one show which is badass though i, I brought g-tone from shockload and it was awesome. Yeah, they're more of a. They are like a, a soul band. They dropped all the ska music really early on. I I think that the soul aspect it was my favorite part. So mm-hmm. that that's really encouraging. They to wanted hear. to capitalize on that. <laughs> Do you, they they've done like Victoria Ska Fest and like mm-hmm. a bunch of festivals, right? Yeah, they've uh, they've gone down to seattle and done the uh big folk festival down there is mm-hmm. the big dancey act uh they've played shambhala they've played oh yeah um, maca did a shambhala this year i was supposed to go and i did not <laughs> i didn't go to shambhala because i don't like hippies so <laughs> there's that there was a shower aspect there that i i was considering but there's uh, also a smell aspect a smell i i don't really mind the uh the dirtiness of it that doesn't bother me it's for me it was the uh, patchouli the patchouli smell you're like goddamn hippies i i don't like uh uh, the amount of time it was going to take. House music. Well, no. no. What? No, none of that stuff is true. <laughs> I don't like the, the time it would have took me away in terms of, uh, like, I had so many other things going on. Hula hooping with fire breathers. That's Ugh. what, Svedra hates that Ugh. stuff. Yeah. Makes me sick. That sounds like a party to me. I like it. I'd, I'd go. Unfollow me and we're not friends anymore <laughs> if you do either of those things. <laughs> you know a lot about social media because yeah, you've been running the uh, West Tone, well, well, West Tone Canada. Canada yeah. West Tone. More commonly known to everyone here in Canada and America now, I guess, as Puff. Puff, Puff uh, clothing and Puff, uh, Puff pipes. Puff pipes, man. Um, so just for people at home, why don't you explain what that is exactly? 
Uh, we are a distributor of fine glass, of smoking accessories. Apparati. Uh, <laughs> uh, we prefer to call it... Um, Paraphernalia. What is it? <laughs> Paraphernalia. That would be a good word for it. Uh, <laughs> functional glass art. Nice. That nice. would be the official term that uh, people like to use for for this now. You're doing really well. Can we talk about some of the stats that the site is receiving? Or is, uh, that, is that protected stuff? Uh, it's it's not anything that anybody would really, really oh, care okay. about. We, well, you've been we're, we're doing really well now. Yeah. Like, uh, Puff has grown as just a local Vancouver shop. Started in 95 uh, by my my two superiors, I guess you could say, <laughs> or my one superior. And um, it has grown now into a big worldwide kind of company. And we distribute artists all across Canada and all in America. What, what people at home probably don't know is that uh, at one point, uh, both Saavedra and myself and uh, Wolf from Fancy Direwolves is... Uh, uh, we we all worked there, and uh, yep. uh, Wolf still works there, and uh, and Mike also works there. But you you guys have like definitely <laughs> like raised up the ranks since uh, I was involved. I was a lowly acrylic assembler. Yeah, manager. Uh, we we started doing pretty much the worst jobs in the place. Uh, stuck around for probably way longer than I should have, <laughs> and. <laughs> When I told them I wanted to leave, they just gave me more work, and I've been there ever since. <laughs> and they, they, well, they, they kind of took a, a liking to what I do with, or so, what I, what I've done with bands and stuff like that. Yeah, and kind of just took that. So they saw I'm, your expertise within the music industry. Just marketing yeah. in general is is always where I've been better. Right. I've been, I've now I've been able to own my skills. And just focus on one aspect of what I'm good at, and now I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty good at it. <laughs> Shockingly, <laughs> what's uh, what's one similarity between those two industries that you've noticed? Uh, just reaching out to, to people that like your stuff, knowing knowing trends that happen in between, uh, that happen in the glass blowing world or happen within just uh, with music. When you know the trends and you know what people are enjoying, you're able to reach a certain extra bit of audience, mm-hmm. just because you, uh, just because you you know what's what's happening with those people. Because you have like uh, your finger on the pulse, so to speak, like Fing- finger on the pulse, but uh, just kind of a, a general understanding of your audience, and I, that's always been a big thing with marketing. It's just having a general idea of what they like. And then you kind of narrow it down from there. Yeah. But the general scope is is really what we're playing to right now, and wanting a general audience for crazy bongs yeah. and crazy pipes. That was, and, it's been my favorite thing ever. It's like uh, in my working career, my whole life, um, it's I've always found it like the astonishing fact is that I've the only nine to five I've ever worked was at a bong factory that is fun which is yes. hilarious and it's it was a like fun tale it's an it's an actual nine <clears throat> to five and that's what i mean but like i've worked uh, other regular jobs but i've never worked an actual nine to five and so uh i've always i've always had you know just just like the stigma of the pro wrestling thing we were talking about i've always had to like class up my resume 
after I left that company because I've always had to say like, yeah, well, you know, they're uh, they're a glass and acrylic distributor. Uh, they do wholesale. Um, I, I used to say stuff like that, but then I also realized that everyone has the internet. <laughs> and as soon as you type in West Tone Distribution into the computer, you get our website. I, when I went to go and apply with my girlfriend to uh, our new apartment earlier this well, I guess not earlier this year, last year. Right. Um, I put that down. Like, I obviously had to to reference a job that I had that I could pay for the apartment. No big deal. Right. I went back in when they were giving us the keys, and the lady at the place looked at me and was like, see you sell bongs and pipes, huh? <laughs> and I was like, why, yes, I do. Yeah, She's why do like, you need some? Is there, a, is there any way you could uh, maybe... He's like, would you like a pipe? Nice. <laughs> nice. And that is how that relationship took off. That's, that is, it's something that not everybody likes to just throw out there. I, myself, I do not smoke any marijuana, weed, or any of that you stuff smoke anymore. Weed? Nope. When, I don't. Did, when did you stop? I've been off of it for well over a year now. Yeah? Yeah. And I haven't touched it at all. It's been, which has been kind of crazy because this last year my job has ramped up in all of this right. way more. And you meet people that come in and they're like, oh, you're the guy that photographs my pipes. Yeah. Let me give you one. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't smoke. I it's okay. It's fine. Just uh, let's just sell this instead. That's funny that that happened for you because uh, that's very similar to what happened to me. Uh, shortly after I left Puff, I I began to experience um, uh, extreme anxiety when I would smoke, and uh, I went. It went from being something where uh, the stereotype of marijuana, where it's like it relaxes you, it makes you think clear, and all this stuff. It went from that for me to complete opposite and then I, I felt very paranoid and I was like wasting my time and every time I was I was high I, w- I would think about like I mean, you should totally be doing 20 other things right now you need to get this done why isn't this done look at this fucking sort out your life and it, it was it was too much it was almost like being berated by the most absolute adult ever that's what it felt like and so I stopped smoking weed for a long time and then I'll, I'll occasionally get high uh, if, if if I'm already drinking or something like that, and I'll, it's like someone's passing around a joint or something like that, why not? Just like it's, you're just relaxing and chilling. But I can honestly say, like last year, I probably got high like five times in the whole year, as opposed to like when I was working at Puff and I was getting high like fucking eight times a day or something yeah. like that, right? And it's so casual, it's it's just it's unreal. It's I I didn't know you had you had stopped completely. Well, that's, that's, that's like a weird thing. Like I went through a lot of issues with anxiety and. Uh, just being literally bedridden uh, from my job for three months because of anxiety issues. Wow. And not able to go to work, working from home because I just couldn't leave the house. Mm-hmm. And people say, you know, that like that there is no issues with, with pot and stuff like that. I definitely have experienced a little bit of issue. That's not to say that you know, all of that was based upon marijuana or anything like that. It, it definitely wasn't. It, right. Just I, issues, problems myself. And, and maybe and that just brought it to light. It brought it, yeah. like, it, it really it really set off everything. And now I just, I just can't. I've tried. I've tried a few times this year. Like, I have a puff every now and again. Somebody passes one around, I'll have a quick little toke. And, you know, it's... 
every time I do, I always realize that I, I actually made a fucking really good decision by stopping right. when I did. Right, yeah. And I, I do feel better for, for not doing it. I know a lot of people I work with are like, ah, oh, it's, it's no big deal. I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, for me, it was. For me, it was a big deal. I, well, it a was a step. very, yeah. very big step. Like, it was a very tough step. Yeah, yeah. Because I always want to. I love the smell of it, and I love everything about I, it. The ritual but, of it, I love it, right? But, you know, it's uh, when it starts to become a health concern, that's when I put the health first. Yeah, you got <laughs> you to gotta stop that, right? No, but, I totally understand. It'd be like if you worked at a, a, a brewery or, a, or some type of distillery, and uh, everyone drinks... And you're like, well, I'm not going to drink. I'm I'm done drinking. I used to drink, but I'm not going to drink anymore. If, if you say that, it's a it's completely socially, it puts you in a weird place all the time because people are like, what? How how are you working at a bong factory but you don't smoke weed? That must, that must be. Uh, uh, it's because I drink. It's because I drink a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and that's where the that's how you balance it out. You're like, oh, well, I just because I drink it, it, all the time. To be truthful, I mean that that is kind of almost the way that I've. I, I left off <laughs> smoking pot and would just not drink as much. But now that I don't smoke pot anymore, I drink a lot more. A and lot? I, I don't, well, I, a fair amount. Yeah. A fair amount. And it's not that I'm like an alcoholic and I've lost like friends <laughs> and like fucking ruined my life because of beer, but I am a very big craft beer connoisseur if you would want to say yeah. or a, a, nov- a novice beer maker i like to make my own beer and i like i like to go and taste like a, a fancy drink at a cask night i like to go to opening bars i like i've gone to that's yeah, a connoisseur lifestyle right there gone to tons of breweries down in portland and california and up in seattle and up you, and down, yeah. like, and I like that kind of thing. I really do. That's an educated background regarding, like, you're not just like, whoa, give me a beer. It's a cold. I don't yeah, care. I'm, like, I'm drinking Keystone Lights yeah. by the 18-pack yeah. full on a Monday night. That guy going to pro wrestling. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> the guy we saw the other day. No, like, it's, it's funny, but right now I am drinking two of Philip's new releases, and it, for me, it, it wasn't even like, am I going to stop to get a beer on the way to this podcast tonight? I saw a Facebook and a Twitter release that they were two new beers out today. They're in all Vancouver liquor stores. I will stop to get those on the way home. And I don't even second guess myself anymore. I'm just like, got to drink them, got to try it. Yeah. That's just how this works. That's like a a really wide palate to have for, for drinking. Like for someone who myself one might only drink Jack Daniels for the most part or yes. Crown Royal right now because uh, they don't have Jack Daniels at this <laughs> liquor store, which is unheard of. Can you imagine this? Closest liquor store to the to the studio and they don't have Jack Daniels. It, it's the only thing saving me from going. This is the best location of all time. It's Canada, it's, dog. It's weird, man. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird, but uh, it's okay. Like I, I've been thinking a lot about maybe taking February off for drinking. Um, because I drink all the time, like, and, and not uh, not in a way that, uh, oh, I need to do it to have fun or whatever like that. But um, I think the more people, you know, if you've been listening to the show for a while or if this is your first show or whatever, it's like the more 
uh, involved you become within the industry, the more you realize that everything is a social event and then there's really no reason to not drink. Like for like for most people they have to they, they wake up and they go to work all day and then they, they go home and they watch their shows or whatever. They don't have a beer. They they just they, that's their life. And then and then the weekend comes and uh they do their weekend stuff, their weekend activities and for that's that's the majority of people. They, they don't they don't go out but like for other people, if you're in the industry it's like you might have a similar routine but then populated throughout your week nights you're like oh i have to go to the show and then go there well i'm gonna have a drink because someone's having a drink and i want to talk to him about this thing and da 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 yeah for and, sure. and you start adding that up and suddenly you're wow i drink 200 to 300 days a year <laughs> like that kind of thing right just psycho amounts of, of drinking so uh i think what, what for me what i'm thinking about stopping in february just for a month or so is uh i just started to realize the other day um it's just it's unreal the amount that i can drink without experiencing hangovers and that must be directly correlated with tolerance i used to think that's just like i've manned up Le- level level 14 of man yeah Here that's we go. What I, was, I drank 35 beers exactly. last night exactly oh, i was like my liver it. i'm a, I'm the man <laughs> and then i was like well maybe i'm maybe i just have a weird gene that prevents me from not getting hung over and then and then i started really thinking yeah, about it and i'm like I'm probably just doing critical damage to an area of my body that prevents me from feeling it. So, so that that's what you know what I'm saying. Like, I, like I'm just doing the worst thing that could possibly happen. So, yeah, I'm thinking about taking February off. Oh, nice of you to take the shortest month of the year off from drinking. Oh, oh, 28 well, days? What I don't, are you what? thinking, big man? Now, what, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's 28 days. Fuck it. There wouldn't even be a rehab program. I don't even give a shit about that. It's not. It's not about. That. It, 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 it also isn't about like like for me. I've always I don't know if I'm trying to justify my my beer drinking, but Yo, if, pass I, me if, that crown, if I want if I want to have <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I want to have a drink and have you know I want to taste the beer. Yeah, that is pretty much the only beer I'm going to have that night, mm. and nobody gets a hangover from one beer. It's the same the reason why like. Um, I know that liquor people that are on liquor boards and camera groups and stuff like that are are trying to get the fact that like a lot of beers are being paired with dinners the same way that wines are. Why can't I bring a really fancy IPA to be paired with my steak? Why why am I not allowed to cork that under the corkage fee? Is is that is that so different than bringing myself a bottle of wine and paying $5 right. so that I can cork the damn right. thing. Like spirits. It, it, and... it drives me nuts because beer tastes better than anything. It's the best. Older <laughs> now there, bud. You better just slow it down there. It's the best. There's so many good flavors and there's so many excellent brewers here in BC that you will find a beer that is to your liking. Do you, and, have, do you have a favorite beer? Yes, I do. What's your favorite beer? My favorite beer is from Driftwood Brewery out in the island. That's a huge endorsement of Driftwood Brewery. My f- favorite brewery, easily, hands down favorite. I'm a big fan of Hell's Gate. <laughs> yeah, cool. I'll get you a case of TNT next time I come here. <laughs> I think I'm going to try and get Hell's Gate to sponsor this bitch. Oh, good. Well, yeah. I ruined that for you because well, that beer is terrible. <laughs> well, maybe they'll hear me defend it right now and go, hey, listen. It, hey, you, maybe this guy is listen, legit. You know what? You might not like Even it. Even they would say, <laughs> go find somebody better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like them and it's got a cool name. Hell's Gate. It says hell, hell on it. It says hell on it. It's so rock and roll. The can's red. The can's red. 
I love it. I drink it all the time. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. After we have this big talk about connoisseur beers, and he's like, you're like, yeah, the cork and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah. Hell's you, Gate. Yeah. Hell's Gate for it's me. It's good. Dude, you know? I like Hell's Gate a lot. <laughs> matches I, my shirt. Yeah, it matches my shirt. That was a good time. The beer's uh, only like $10 for like 24 of them, so you know. <laughs> who could argue with that? You could taste the savings. It's amazing. I that's, love it. that's what I'm looking for, cheap and drunk. Do you have a, a, a good spot to go in town that you get cheaply drunk? Oh, wait. The other night after we left the show, uh, we were at... <laughs> cheaply drunk. Well, <laughs> the other night we went uh, after the wrestling uh, main event... I can't believe I'm like, you know what I'm talking about, stigma? I was just saying that out loud. It, it just felt weird saying that. <laughs> the main event. After we left the wrestling main event, uh, we decided to go get a drink at this Irish bar. And, uh, oh, fuck. That, I, I met that uh, the uh, that female wrestler. What's her name? Nicole Matthews. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I, I was talking earlier when you were on the washroom break that I'm going to try and get her on the show. Mm. And uh, I totally, I, I fucked up, though, because I, I bought a shirt from her. Uh, she was at the merch booth, and I was like, yeah, I'll buy the shirt and then I'll wear it and you can be on my podcast. And she was like, yeah, whatever. Like, like, so she's going to be on it. <laughs> and so then, dude, we go and drink at uh, this Irish pub down the road and it's like the home of the Southsiders, which uh, Saavedra is actually a member of, which is a, a, a white, uh, the Vancouver Whitecap uh, supporter group. It's a, it's a football supporter group. Uh, soccer for you fucking North American punks, but uh, it is You see the MLS. The MLS. And uh, they're a huge supporter group. They're loud as fuck. It's like hooliganism, essentially, but on a... Not hooliganism. No, no, it's not. We, how, how dare you say there, that? There are no fist fights. I'm trying uh, to... Just like to just like to put that out there. I'm trying to we make it sound really like mass love, appeal so people know what I'm... We love soccer a lot. <laughs> just imagine lots of wa- like waving flags and chants and stuff like that. And like that. whatever I was singing when we, we started this podcast is like one of the white cap chants. And Liz and I have been to like a few of the games... And uh, we got to sit, sit right next to the South Sider section, and it's fucking crazy. But anyway, we go to this bar, and it's like a South Sider like home base. And uh, I left the goddamn shirt there, which is stupid. That's how drunk we were on Saturday. This is why I got to take February off because I'm losing investments. To be, to be fair, I was holding the shirt. Yeah, how did this fuck get that, fucked up? That, uh, yeah. I was like. Jamie's never going to see this again. I'm just going to wear this shirt all the time. <laughs> and then they came with the bill, and I was like, oh, It'd be awesome Amy's if, here. I'll if, just stare at you. Yeah, if you if you wore that <laughs> that shirt to tonight's podcast. I was, that's what my plan. I that I told Garrett, I was like, I'm going to wear this shirt to the one I take the podcast on Monday. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> I that was so funny. But nope, there's probably some Irish fucking whatever. They probably just threw it in the garbage. You think they threw actually, it away? I can, I can actually, I'll, I'm going to see, because all the time they they pick up outsider scarves from the ground. Really? That no, like, I'm sure somebody picked up the shirt and was like, Nicole Matthews, the hell is this? Dude, She's I- body slams? I don't know what the hell I this want is. I just chucked it on the ground. Can you make a call and see if they could get well, it for me? I'll see. I'll, <laughs> see, what, I'll see what's happening. Wait, you, got, you can't do a favor for me? What's going on? If I get it back, I'm wearing it. I'll give you some Hell's Gate. Deal off. Deal off. <laughs> Bro, do you have a, a like a favorite moment of, of like I guess what I'm trying to say is can you explain a little bit more about the Southsiders to the, these people? Because they don't even understand. It's like like you walk into the Okay, well when, BC when, place. when I when I first saw them, 
uh, I bought tickets for opening day when the Whitecaps were brought up to the MLS. Right. And it was against Toronto FC, one of our Canadian rivals. And I sat on the opposite end of the stadium from about a thousand dudes that were having a thousand people, not just dudes. Okay. Thousand um, people. A thousand people who were having a hell of a lot more fun than I was having sitting on the other end of the stadium. And all I could think all game was I have to be over there. On I'm, that side. I'm missing I the game's great. The game was awesome, but I'm missing out on whatever that is over there. So the, it's like like streamers and flags and chanting and people just adorned just in team colors and it's just camaraderie it's, is yeah. of, of it's family every it's like crazy. we are one big family uh, it's just some huge. of my best friends right now like people that i it, it we're in off season we're in an off season time whenever you're listening to this podcast we are in uh the off season of the MLS when does uh when does the season start march 8th march 8th yeah, yeah. so We've been off since the end of October. We didn't make the playoffs this year, so we've been off since just before Halloween. And we are waiting March 8th because off-season time, everyone just grows into big conspiracy theorists and (laughs) naysayers, and everyone has their own... So fix what? on the way that our season's going to go. So people are losing the faith, people are keeping the faith. Yeah, and people are just upset and <laughs> trying odd. to avoid everyone else because they don't know what the other person's going to say. It's it's quite it's quite funny. And I I really like all, all of those people a lot and we we travel together. I'm actually going to go to Philadelphia this year to go and watch the Whitecaps play Philadelphia wow. in Philly. You're going to Pennsylvania? That's crazy. Yeah. yeah I booked, uh, booked a flight and uh, just before the World Cup starts. So we'll be there for five days and go and watch with the other supporter group, which is the other thing that the MLS is really good for is uh, Every city kind of has their own little deal going on as far as the supporter group goes. Oh, and um, I, I think we should maybe explain that, like when, like if you were going to go to an MLS match, like a major league soccer match, uh, and you go, it's like you and your uncle or your, your girlfriend or whoever. You, you it's like a, a one or two person group that generally goes to the game. You're like a casual fan. Uh, you might wear the jersey and you might like the game, but like you're not part of like a, a supporter group, which has a whole section dedicated to itself yes. generally, right? So yeah, my my what? my relationship with the Whitecaps is is a bit different than the casual fan. Some people that I know in this group are even they like, they make me look like a, a casual fan with the <laughs> amount of money that they spend to wow. go watch the team. I have. Uh, Two very good friends of mine that go all over North America to watch them. They they go on road trips. They they go out to watch one game. They'll stay four days in one city and drive up to the next city to watch them the next wow. weekend. They'll spend all their vacation time the wow. for the whole year just to go watch the Whitecaps. Really? And we're starting to fall into that mold of <laughs> we are using all of my vacation days this year. I've booked extra days so I can go down to Portland, extra days to go down to Seattle, extra days here and there. I I love the game. <laughs> I'm like I'm I'm always really uh uh 
one to kind of evaluate scenarios of like like my friends and like like how they spend their time and um I was mentioning to you off off air about how I was thinking about doing this show today and I was thinking about I'm like oh I'm like you know I've known I've known Mike for a long time and Svedger's always been a good guy to me but then I started thinking of these common themes of like things we both like and we went to this wrestling show the other day and we both like fucking soccer and and like he's hardcore uh, a, a Southsider member of like the Whitecaps and then we figured out I was like oh now I know why we like all these things and we're such good friends it's like we both gravitate towards entertainment specifically entertainment that involves yelling and chanting and all types of like loud music <laughs> like like i'm really into and heavy drinking and heavy drinking by the way heavy drinking so yeah i just i love that kind of stuff i love the fact that uh um, we, we share the same kind of passion for these it is. things it's it cool. is it is it is something else with <laughs> the all of these random things that do have that same that bond. It's weird. Yeah. Like they all kind of co- uh, like for from music to wrestling to right. That's weird, to right? Football and not just not just football, but like sports in general. I know me and you have a lot of common ground now with sports. I was off of right. the sports for such a long time, and I <laughs> I did really well with not being into them. But one hockey game led to. A couple more hockey games, you know. I forgot that I used to really like hockey, right. which led to oh, maybe I'll go see a Canadians game out at Nap Bailey. Now baseball's back in my life, and now I'm watching the Super Bowl at my house. And now sports do have a big place with me because I love numbers and the numbers of stats. It's the same reason why I love marketing because marketing, you're always looking at numbers. All of these things in my head does a huge all the time. That's a huge moment right there. I literally just saw that in your eyes. It was like the epiphany of like, yeah, and that's why I love marketing. All of it. You're such a real talent at that kind of stuff, man. I appreciate uh, uh, being able to like, you know, have your knowledge and your views on this kind of stuff. Do you have a, a I don't know, is there a way that people can contact you if they want to like get in touch with you regarding uh, uh, Twitter, SEO, at, search at, engine stuff? At the Saavedra. At the Saavedra? Uh, and uh, I'll throw a link up on this episode, obviously. Just, but just, just tweet me, bro. Just tweet me, bro. It's at T H E S A A V E D R A. Boom. Chilean. That's what you are, right? Don't put Chilean at the end. <laughs> you won't find me. I'm at the Savedra. <laughs> the Savedra. And uh, as always, you can always contact me at MD underscore Boomsday. Uh, on Twitter, and you can email me directly. And we found out that the email is working now, so you can email me at J A Y M E. Thought your name was M D. It is that name, but it's also Jamie. Name J A Y M E at Amp Records A M P Records C O dot com. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have drawn to a close here. I I am really excited to announce that Maca is making his triumphant return from the East Coast out West after going out there and touring for a few months and doing a big after a really strong summer festival circuit. And uh, he's going to come back here, and hopefully, if uh, all goes well, we can have him on the show real soon, and uh, we'll be chatting more about things. And so today's show, the song we're going to listen to, is actually uh, a production by myself. Ooh, wait, good way to play songs you made yourself. Ooh, okay, well. Always. Clearly, it's a vehicle. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... I'd love to uh, play the song. It's called Buckshot, and it's off of the Rude Man LP. And uh, it was a pleasure to make with these guys. And uh, 
It was also a pleasure to have you on the show today. Savedra, you're a fucking god amongst men. High fucking five, bruh. Thanks for having me, buddy. Yeah, killer. Anytime. Uh, no worries. Ladies and gentlemen, we love you so much. This is Buckshot by Maka and MG. Talk to you soon. Bye. Stay fully loaded, 12 gauge buckshot, stay fully loaded, 12 gauge buckshot, stay fully loaded, 12 gauge buckshot, stay fully loaded. My grip is tight, ready to pump the fire, you feel that cut. I'm like, what's up? Let's take it up, I feel like going buck. My grip is tight, ready to pump the fire, you feel that cut. I'm like, what's up? Let's take it up, I feel like going buck. 12 gauge buckshot, hillbilly with a blood clot. Can't stop in the final stage, we ripping it up, we paved the way for a new sound that's cocked back. But we haven't put the trigger, so we figure we stack. Fast sack still hard to find, but vanity dot is ready to grind. Start off with a loose pump, short range for a long hunt. Keep up, or we pop the trunk while we living it up, you ain't giving a fuck. Straight sign of coming out my room, sound waves, smoking fumes. In tune, but not so soon, line it up, buckshot, go boom. Buckshot, stay fully loaded. 12 gauge, buckshot, stay fully loaded. 12 gauge, buckshot, stay fully loaded. 12 gauge, buckshot, stay fully loaded. My grip is tight, ready to pump and fire, you feel that cut. I'm like, what's up, let's take it up, I feel like going buck. My grip is tight, ready to pump and fire, you feel that cut. I'm like, what's up, let's take it up, I feel like going buck. 12 gauge, buckshot, stay fully loaded. 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 I'm taking off, I'm taking aim, make way for the face of David Blaine. Maintain and take up basic training, change up blames. On face for me, man. Basic dudes who make the news. Not for the talent, but racist views. Hate to lose, but love to win. Under the skin and from within. So boom. Have you heard of a scope? Apps in the power of an actual vote. Blast of the smoke, your passions wrote. You're lacking a note. What I'm rapping is dope. Are you taking the time to account for my growth? My stylistic, ballistic note. You don't recognize what defies a boat. So don't be surprised when I arrive on boats. I coast, man. Loaded up both hands full of cups. No man knows enough. I show hands and throw them up. I enter in up out of my room. Sound waves and smoke and fumes. In tune, but not too soon. MD lighted up, buckshot goes boom. 12 gauge, buckshot, stay fully loaded. 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 My grip is tight, ready to pump and fire, you feel that cut. I'm like, what's up, let's take it up, I feel like going buck. My grip is tight, ready to pump and fire, you feel that cut. I'm like, what's up, let's take it up, I feel like going buck. 12 gauge, buckshot, stay fully loaded. 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 Got a 12 gauge and I'm taking aim. Got a 12 gauge for a buckshot. Got a 12 gauge and I'm taking aim. Got a 12 gauge with a buckshot. Now this my last shot. No chance I'm backing down. I gotta keep it steady when I'm a new change and we making it hot. You're gonna jump on what we call them buckshot. Can't stop, won't stop, I'm armed. Not looking to cause any harm. Steel charm, flex complete. Taking a shot too hot for this beat. I'ma eat everything I kill. I'ma hunt everything with skill. Won't leave no blood to clot, let it drop. 12 gauge buckshot, stay fully loaded. 12 gauge buckshot, stay fully loaded.